last week we started this series, Next Steps, focusing on spiritual disciplines that, uh, that will help us begin this, uh, this new year with God. There's, it's so much more than just trying to do better, uh, trying to be a better person or trying to be more spiritual. Uh, as, as I said last week and, and uh, you discussed in your, in your groups, God wants you to grow. God wants you to mature, to, to take steps, to get closer in your relationship with him. And, and we do that not just by trying, like we talked about last week, but by training ourselves, uh, disciplining ourselves uh, so that we will grow. Spiritual growth doesn't just happen automatically. We don't just kind of drift into it. It takes intentionality. As, as, uh, as G.K. Chesterton wrote, Christianity has not so much been tried and found wanting as it has been found difficult and left untried. Uh, and I think perhaps that's true, although I'm not even sure it's, it's all that difficult. It's just like with anything else that's worth doing, it takes effort in order to, to do it. And it, it, we need to be intentional about it to, to mature spiritually. And that effort shows up in developing these spiritual disciplines or, or spiritual habits. Uh, clear back in, in 1978, so what, almost 40 years ago, Richard Foster wrote these words in his book, Celebration of Disciplines. He says, superficiality is the curse of our age. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. As, as, we've, uh, as I've told you over the past few months, we've had this team, this vision team meeting at our, at our church, and we've been coming up with, uh, with our uh, mission statement and then our, our vision. We're developing this over the next, uh, actually over the next few weeks, we'll, we'll kind of uh, uh, be uh, transitioning into letting you know more and more about that and what that's going to look like. And we, we came, I let it slip last month that our, our new uh, uh, mission statement is we live to love people to life. And we've t- we'll talk about a lot more about what that means and how that's practically lived out. But um, there was, I don't think I was supposed to slip that and, and, and leak that out. I, I'm sure I'm not supposed to leak this out, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, there was, there was a, a mission statement that, uh, that we came up with that, that didn't quite make the cut. Um, we, we developed uh, some, some artwork and everything for it, um, but it's kind of along these lines of, of becoming deep people. Go ahead and put that up there. Uh, throwing spiritually shallow people into the deep end with Jesus. We thought maybe it was a little creepy, a little bit like, not sure. Uh, it freaked some people out, and we decided not to, uh, not to stick with that one. Uh, it, it, a little judgmental, perhaps. Uh, but there is the sense, even in looking at that, there is the sense that, that we don't want to be a church of shallow people, right? Uh, not shallow like swimming, but uh, shallow in our relationship with God. Uh, we we want to be going deeper with Jesus. I, I hope that you want to be a deep person. If so, there are things that you can do. There are practical habits that you can develop. There are practices that, that you can practice so that you can become deeper, so that you can become closer uh, to God. Uh, there are many of these things that we can implement in our lives that help us grow spirit. Go Get that off the... Off the uh, we need to move on from that. Uh, hopefully we'll never see that again. Um, well, that's interesting. Go ahead to the next uh, deal. You're, man, the sound, David's just playing around with us now. That's good. I forgot that could do that. That's awesome. 
Here's, here's uh, one guy's list of some spiritual disciplines. Uh, Dallas Willard uh, recently passed away, but uh, has written a lot and extensively on this subject. And, and I like how he kind of breaks them up. So uh, maybe you're wondering, what are these spiritual disciplines? Well, well, this, this certainly isn't an exhaustive list. I think if you count them, there's maybe 15 on that list, 15 different things that we can do that, that, that we could uh, practice uh, some uh, at different times, not, not all at once, all the time, but uh, these are different things that we can be intentional about and, uh, and, and put into our life. I like the way that he breaks this up, disciplines of abstinence and disciplines of, of engagement. So absent, these are things that we'll refrain from or we'll pull, pull back on like uh, uh, solitude. So I'm going to uh, pull back away from being with people and I'm going to spend some time alone. Uh, silence, I'm not going to have all the loud stuff around, but I'm going to be, be quiet, fasting. I'm going to uh, refrain from eating for a time so that I can focus more. So, so those are disciplines of abstinence. Disciplines of engagement are things that we step into, maybe uh, things that we're not used to doing that we might go ahead and do so that we can uh, we can grow closer to God. Uh, it gives you a little bit of a picture, I guess, of, uh, of what we're talking about. I think sometimes we think that God measures uh, our spiritual growth or our spiritual success on, on how many of things, uh, how many of these things we're doing, or if we're doing them well, right? Uh, but... but I want us to get away from that. It's not about, okay, well, I did, I fasted uh, so much this week or I spent so much time in prayer. It's not about that. It's not about these things. These are just tools. These are means to an end, uh, tools to help us uh, get to know Jesus better. Uh, things that we can practically do in order to help us to mature, to, to, to go deeper with God. Uh, many people have, have talked about these things uh, over the years. Just a, a couple of quotes for you. Richard Foster again says, the disciplines allow us to place ourselves before God so that he can transform us. Uh, Dallas Willard again, a, a discipline is an activity within our power that we engage in to enable us to do what we cannot do by direct effort. Spiritual growth and vitality stem from what we actually do with our lives, from the habits we form and from the character that results. Uh, Henry Nouwen said the disciplines create space to meet with God that you otherwise had not planned. I guess my def- definition would go something like this. A-, a spiritual discipline is any practice done in a consistent, intentional way in order to mature spiritually. Uh, we're, we're intentionally doing something so that we can get to know God better. You don't have to do these things unless you want to grow in your relationship with God, uh, unless you want to take the next steps uh, to, to grow closer to him. Remember, we're not just trying in our spirit. We're, we're training ourselves uh, as First as Timothy 4, 7 and 8 says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Train yourself to be God. It's not just I'm going to drift through life and hope that uh, that I get closer to Jesus. Uh, I'm going to do these things specifically in order to grow closer to God. And there, as, as I said, there were 15 things up there. on the. There, there's a lot of these things, uh, and, and that wasn't an exhaustive list. But today, I'd like to focus on just a couple, just, uh, uh, just, just a couple of things. Uh, there, there are a couple of them that, that, that are really, 
really not even an option for us. We just need to be doing these things. If we're serious at all about living out our faith, if we're serious at all about growing closer to God, if we're serious at all about going deeper with Jesus, then we will do at least these two things. As we look through the Bible and, and we look at the lives of people who experienced close relationship with God, uh, godly people, uh, the far most used spiritual disciplines are prayer and uh, reading, studying, spending time in Scripture, prayer and Scripture. Uh, just a, just a few examples from scripture. Uh, Genesis 19.27 says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. So Abraham walking with God in relationship with God. Uh, Daniel 6.10. Now Daniel learned that the decree had been published. He, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem and three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Acts chapter 10, verse 9, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. Mark 135, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Those are just a, a few examples from, from Scripture. History is full of, uh, of deeply spiritual people who had personal times alone with God and, and with His Word uh, consistently, daily. Uh, some people today might, might call it having a quiet time. Uh, others might refer to it as doing my devotions. If you really think about those, I don't even quite know what those things mean, right? A, a quiet time could be just about anything. Kids... I need my quiet time, right? Um, or doing your devotions. I don't, I, it's just kind of all, whatever you call it. Uh, basically, I guess I want to uh, adopt and, and maybe uh, change the thinking a little bit. It's not about doing something or checking something off a list. It's about spending time with God. We need to have those times of spending time with God in prayer and, and, and in His Word. It's it's deepening that relationship with him. And and so if we're deepening a relationship, we're communicating. Prayer is the primary way that we communicate with God, and Scripture is the primary way that he communicates with us. If we're not doing those things, we will not have a close relationship with God. We won't have much of a relationship at all with God. I think so many people think that uh, that, that that Scripture or that, that prayer is all about getting God what we getting from God what we want, right? Uh, I, I'm going to pray because I want something, and if it if it works, then that means that God gave me what I wanted. But but that's not quite it at all. I mean, it, that video we saw a minute ago was a guy was kind of had that all all uh, screwed up a little bit there too. It's it, it's not just about going in and, and getting something from God. Oswald Chambers put it this way, the point of prayer is not to get answers from God, but to have perfect and complete oneness with him. So the guy in that video wasn't connecting with Jesus at all, right? He was simply talking, he's going through his list, he's getting distracted, he's, he's I don't know, sitting on his head there at one point. I mean, that was uh, he's going through the motions, it's all this outward stuff. If I just read through this list and tell God that I want him to bless people, then, then I've got it covered. But there's no power in that. Many times people shy away from prayer because they don't think it works. They don't get what they want. But that's not the primary purpose of prayer. Prayer is how we connect with God. I think another reason why uh, we, uh, we, we pull back from prayer is that we think that we don't know, not only do we not get, do it, uh, not get what we want, but we don't think that we can do it right. Right? <laughs> oh, I don't... I don't know how to pray very well. Or you're such a good prayer. I don't know how to. Uh, prayer isn't a performance. 
If I've, uh, if I've heard it once, I've heard it a, a lot of times. I just can't pray in front of you. You're a better prayer than I am. Uh, I get embarrassed. I, I wouldn't know what to say. Uh, I mean, I get it and I understand that. And it's, uh, it's a bit of a step to, to pray, uh, when others are, but you're not praying to them. You're praying to God. They just happen to be listening in. It's not a performance. Uh, who cares what anybody else thinks? I love a quote that I ran across. I don't even, I don't even know where it, where it comes from originally, but it's, it simply says, prayer is not something you do, it's someone you're with. Prayer is not something you do, it's someone you're with. It's more than just having a quiet time or doing devotions. It's spending time with God. And if you're doing that consistently, it will change you. If if I spend time with LeBron James, I think I'd probably become a better basketball player. If I spent time with Bill Gates, I would probably become a better business leader. If I spent time with Jack Nicklaus, I'd be a better golfer. If I spent time with Dave Ramsey, I'd probably be doing better in my finances. If I spend time with God, I'll be more like him. His character will be developing within me and I will mature spiritually. Prayer is not something you do, it's someone you're with. Don't be intimidated by it. It's a, it's a relationship. We have to catch the, the, the passion for that relationship here. There, there's a danger in, in talking about spiritual disciplines that it just becomes a, a performance in order to please God. If I do these things, there's 15 things on the list up there, right? If I, if I walk through and I do these things, then boy, I hate my life and it's really awful, but Jesus will be pleased with me. No, that's not it. Oh, I've got to spend all my waking hours doing all this and being quiet and, and, uh, and meditating and, and, uh, and fasting and I can't do anything fun. That's not what it is, we're, we're in the process of, uh, it's not a competition, it's not about performance in any way. You, you say, okay, well, I spent three hours with God this week and I fasted for, uh, for two days. Okay, uh, my question is, are you closer to Jesus or are you just hungry? Uh, did you just go through the motions of all that? Or are you using these things as tools to get to know God more? Uh, Writer and theologian A.W. Tozer has a, a great quote in his book, The Pursuit of God. And I, first of all, I just love that title, The Pursuit of God. I'm pursuing God. These are some of the things that we can do in order to pursue God. I want you to catch the passion from this. He says, oh God, I have tasted thy goodness and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need for further grace. I'm ashamed by my lack of desire. Oh God, the triune God, I want to want thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. Pray that prayer each day. I dare you, pray that prayer each day. A deep desire to know God more, to be with him, to grow, to mature in your relationship with God. So I can't encourage you enough to spend daily time with God and with his word. You can't not do this. I know you education people probably uh, want to take my uh, grammar there, but I, I did that on purpose. You can't not do this. You have to do this. It's essential in our relationship with God to spend time regularly, daily, more than daily, 
getting really practical on spending time with God. In order to do that, as we, as we uh, look at what's involved here, maybe some of you have been doing this for a long, long time. Uh, maybe some of you, this is kind of a new thing or a hit and miss thing. I just want to spend a, a few minutes saying, well, what's involved with all this? And, and again, it's, a, it's an art, not a science. It's not about uh, checking things off a list, and I did it right now, but uh, it's about this, this relationship. But uh, what's involved? Well, just a, a few things. First of all, a special time. This is a uh, this is a special time. We need to schedule it. I said, mentioned that a little bit last week. Uh, if if you have to write it on your calendar, do it. I personally think that, that that early morning is a great way to get focused and get centered before you get carried away with the craziness of uh, of life and with your day. Uh, perspectives shift, uh, truth gets realized and applied. Character grows, and it significantly affects the rest of my day if I spend time with God first. Well after coffee. But first, uh, in saying that, I know that some of you aren't uh, early morning people, and and that's fine. I remember a, a season of, of time uh, when my dad would come home from work, and be the, between the time he got home from work and the time that we sat down to dinner, he would spend a, a, a significant amount of time uh, in his room, uh, not just ignoring us. He was in his room spending time with God, because that's what was working in his schedule for that. So I, I guess in order to uh, to set yourself up for success and to uh, to avoid spiritual ADD, to avoid getting off track in, in all of this, uh, maybe a good rule of thumb is to give God your best time, your best time, whenever that is. But, but I guess uh, what I want to emphasize is that plan ahead, uh, schedule this out, uh, set aside a special time. Uh, if you just think, well, it'll happen, it probably won't happen. I think place is also important. A special place is is significant. Uh, uh, last year, we showed uh, clips from the movie War Room uh, and uh, talked a little bit about prayer. And in that movie, maybe you saw it. Uh, the, uh, the the it was actually a closet, right? So so uh, Matthew six says to to go into your your room or into the closet and close the door and pray to the Father who is unseen. And uh, uh, the Father who does what is unseen uh, unseen or what is done in secret will reward you. So uh, that's where we get this term prayer closet. Go into your closet. Well, in that room, they actually like cleared out a closet, right? And and it, it was a, a a neat place to go. They had resources there, like a a Bible and and uh, something to write with, and paper, maybe a journal, a list of prayers, pictures, uh, different things, uh, scriptures written out, those kinds. Of, and so that was that was good. It doesn't have to be a closet. Uh, it, it, it can be any place, a significant place, a holy place where maybe it's a certain room in your house or a certain place in a certain room in your house where you won't be disturbed. Uh, maybe a desk where you have those resources and things. Uh, if, you, if you have a place and a time where you, you know no one's going to come in on you or you'll be able to focus on, on God more. As, a, as an older teen, I, I remember a chair in my room a big kind of old overstuffed chair. I'm not sure what garage sale I got it from, uh, but it had to have been a garage sale chair because it was not pretty. Uh, Off puke green, maybe could describe it. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, and I'm not even sure it was all that comfortable, but I thought it was cool and it was in my room. And uh, literally whenever I would spend time with God as as an older teen, I would sit in that chair and I had my uh, Bible and and other resources around close. But but that became less just a a place to sit and it became a holy space. It it became a sacred place. Uh, That was where I met with God. It's a great, it's a great safeguard in, in overcoming spiritual ADD to, uh, to, to, to carve out a, a sacred space. That being said, I, I think there's also significance about 
shaking that up from time to time and going other places uh, different than your normal uh, routine. Uh, I, I, some of uh, my very special times with God have been spent out in nature somewhere, maybe on a, on a hike or, or by a waterfall or, or a, a running creek or the sunrise uh, over, the, over the, the water at the beach or, or whatever the case might be. They, 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 because uh, they don't happen every day, those things can be special too. But, but the, the significance is we need to have sacred space. And I think that's important if we're going to set ourselves up to to not be distracted and to focus on this relationship with God. Uh, A special time, a special place, and a special book. Obviously, the Bible. I, I, I've told you that it, this needs to not just include prayer, uh, me speaking to God, but also reading and studying Scripture. The Bible is God's primary way that he communicates with us, and if we neglect the Bible, then we neglect hearing from God. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Scripture is an essential part of our training process in in growing closer to God. It equips us to live as God has called us to live. As, As we just read, it thoroughly equips us. It more than equips us. Everything we need to know how to live for God is contained in the pages of this book. Uh, it, it, it's a powerful, it, the, the, the words have been breathed by, from the very mouth of God. And I truly believe that we, many of us are defeated spiritually because we leave the Bible closed. So how, but how do we approach the Bible? Just like prayer, it can be pretty intimidating. I mean, the very words of God, how do I handle that? How do I get, get things out? I mean, it, it's kind of overwhelming. Uh, and, and to just pick it up and start reading it, page one, uh, you know, it might start out okay, but, but you get a couple of, uh, a couple of chapters in, a couple of books in, and all of a sudden, uh, there's, there's a whole lot of names and dates and, Stuff going, weird stuff going on. How do we, how do we, I mean, this is a, a, it's not just one book, it's many books compiled over thousands of years, written by uh, close to 40 authors. Uh, God has inspired the whole thing, but how do we approach something like that? Well, we don't have time today to go into detail talking about all the different uh, genres contained in the Bible and how to approach each one and all this, but, but, but I want you to, want to kind of give you just a little bit of an outline. How do we, how do we do that? Uh, uh, first thing that I want you to do is to prepare. There needs to be preparation as you as you uh, head toward uh, time in God's Word. Last week, I encouraged you to to, to make a plan or to, uh, to you know to to maybe have a reading plan of sorts. Uh, there there's a lot of resources all over the place these days. Uh, books that you can get that help you through that. Uh, the the U version Bible app is is uh, the the best thing since sliced bread as far as uh, all of that in one place. Uh, there are there are reading. Uh, you can search all different types of things that where you want to go and and how you want to do it, and it keeps you on track and it it gives you a little woo when you do it and stay on track and it it. 
says, hey, where you been when you're not on track and, and all those kinds of, so, so get those, it, it, keep, keep track of where you've, uh, uh, where you've read. Uh, a lot of the t- times they give you devotional insights along the way. You can get books online or at a, at a, a bookstore. I, I don't, preparation is, uh, part of preparation is committing to a plan so that you're intentional about where you're reading. Uh, it's, it's much more rewarding than just uh, flipping through and okay, I'm going to read this today and I read a couple verses and, and take off. But it also ex- helps you experience more than just uh, the, your favorite passages or your favorite sections. of It kind of gets you to, to see all of scripture and gets you to places that you don't normally go. In addition to committing to a a plan, I think preparing ourselves is also, as we sit down with God and with his word, prepare yourself. This isn't just, okay, okay, what's my chapter today? All right, thanks. And and we're, we're on. Prepare yourself. Take a deep breath. Drink a, drink an extra, drink a coffee. Breathe a prayer that might say, God, these are your words for me today. I don't want to miss what you have for me. If I don't know how all this works, but if you could speak to me today. There's there's power in that. We've got to prepare ourselves. It's not just do this and move along. And we don't get extra bonus points in heaven if we read more than <laughs> than other people or read more than than uh, usual or whatever the case might be. It's a tool to go deep with God. Preparation is important. Meditation is, a, is another thing that's very important. Psalm 119, 97, 98 says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it day, all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. Meditation, again, simply pausing and thinking and praying about what you're reading. So again, we're not just rushing through this. We pause and, and, and set ourselves up before we start. But then as we read or, or once we read, then, then we're, we're, meditation simply means giving sustained attention to something. So it's not all weird and wild and, and this meditation Middle East kind of stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, giving sustained attention to the very words of God. I mean, you would, you would, uh, agree what the mind repeats, it retains. If we repeat the very words of God for our lives, will that will make a difference in us. It will take us deeper. And these things take time. The great benefit here, uh, there is great benefit in reading through large portions of scripture. And, and, and there are, there are plans and I've participated in them where, uh, you can read through the Bible in a year. And uh, and that's awesome, and that's great, and it gives you a great thirty thousand foot view perspective of Scripture and how it all fits together, and it's a it's a cool cool thing to do. Um, that being said, there's something about taking a verse or two, or a passage or two, and kind of living with it for a while. Maybe your plan says you're supposed to read through these chapters this week, but maybe uh, a, a verse you read on day two just jumps out at you and you can't quite, quite get away from it and you're thinking about it and you're turning it over in your mind and you're, you're wondering, well, what does, how does that work? And oh, I bet that could be applied here. And, and maybe the next day you spend some more time on it and you pray a little bit more. That's, that's meditation. That's, that's seeking to, to, uh, to, to, to experience God through that. Someone once said that the point is not to get through the Bible. The point is to get the Bible through you. And I like that. It's a, it's a tool so that we grow deeper with God. Meditate. 
on God's word. Obviously, there's a, there's a part of this that's education, learning things, right? Second Timothy 2.15, uh, in, in the old King James, the way I learned it back in the day, says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study is important. Meditation, thinking, ruminating, all those things are important. It's also uh, important to just study the text, to, to get the facts, to, 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 to know what's going on there. Now, knowledge uh, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be or isn't always transformation. Uh, I know a, a lot about, people know a lot about the Bible, but they're not transformed by it. But, but we do need to know the Bible so that we can be transformed by it. So educate your, yourself on the facts uh, of Scripture. Scripture, the truths of God's word. Uh, read passages over several times. Um, get study guides and study helps and, and commentaries and look things up and ask your pastor and ask your group leader and, and, and study these things. Uh, read what other people have to say, all those things. We, we need the, there's, there's part of this that's education, learning things. And then, of course, application, because study doesn't make much difference if we don't apply it to our lives. Not only do we need to spend time in God's word, but we need to let it change us. As we study, as we meditate, as we, as we look at what God says, we see where we need to be, we evaluate where we are, and we allow God to grow us to that next step with him. So true time spent in God's word isn't just an exercise in getting through the Bible, checking off your reading for the day. Uh, it's good to have a plan. It's good to have a study guide. Uh, but we need to apply what we've read to our lives. In, uh, in his wildly popular book, The, the Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren shares a, a few things about what the Bible does for us, what the Bible does in our lives. Just real quick, uh, Rick says that the Bible generates life, creates faith, produces change, frightens the devil, causes miracles, heals hurts, builds character, transforms circumstances, imparts joy, overcomes adversity, defeats temptation, infuses hope, releases power, and cleanses your mind. And that's just a few things. Why wouldn't we be spending as much time as possible with something with so much power? to change us. We need to spend time with God and with scripture. They're two, those are two things, two basic fundamental things that we can do in order to allow God to grow us closer to him. So maybe we shouldn't just think of the Bible as a good book to read at church, but like an everyday book that could soothe us activate our imagination, convict us, and bring us closer to God. Maybe he's on to something. So here's, here's the challenge. You've been talking about this stuff in your life groups. If you weren't there, then you haven't been. And so here's the plug to, uh, to do that. There's one on Sunday and two on Wednesday, and you can sign up out in the foyer. Um, love for you to be a part of that. But, but even, even in addition to that, I want to challenge you. What do we have? Uh, two and a half weeks left this month. What if you took the challenge and said, I'm going to spend time with God every day for the next two and a half weeks for the rest of the month? Maybe that's not raising the bar very high, but maybe that's a start. 
Maybe for some of us, we've uh, been doing this and that's great and you want to continue in that and, and maybe there are a few pointers here where that'll, that'll help you kind of bring, breathe new life into that. Maybe it's been kind of a hit and miss thing for you and you're, I don't know if I can really or that's just, and I'm so busy and I, and we just haven't been intentional about it. Uh, for the next two and a half weeks, look at your schedule. Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's 15 minutes. Uh, I think you could probably like find 15 minutes in your day whether that's TV time or me time or sleep time and to spend some time instead with the God who created you, the God who knows you by name, the God who, who knows you better than you know yourself, the God whose deep desire is to draw you deeper and to draw you closer to him. We stand with me? Let's bow and pray together. Precious Father God, we love you. We thank you for the the possibility of a relationship with you. That's mind-blowing to think about. Lord, forgive us, forgive me for the times when other things are more important than my relationship with you. Forgive us for the times when we haven't used the tools that you've given us in order to know you better. Lord, I pray that you'll help us, that you'll convict us where we need to be convicted, that you'll encourage us where we need to be encouraged, that you'll, you'll challenge us and draw us to the next level. We know that growth isn't always easy, but it's right. And so I pray, Lord, that you would, you would grow us. I pray that you'll help us to, to make the time to spend with you. And as we do, that we'll, we'll recognize and see the, the amazing benefits of spending time with you and with your word, that you would draw us closer, that you'll make us more like you, that you'll develop your character within us. Father God, I, I thank you for your presence right here, right now, and that you don't just live in a building that we, we've, uh, we've built here in a certain place, but that you go with us, that, that, that your spirit goes before us, that your spirit lives within us. And so I pray that as we go from here, we will go knowing that, that, that you are leading the way. We pray that you would help us to grow as we go. In Jesus' name. Amen.